Amen. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Mary. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Philippians? Um, uh, two weeks ago, I left in Philippians, and so now I want to pick it back up. We're in chapter 2 of Philippians, and so if you would reach there and look at four verses that are in Philippians. Um, I brought my wife with me today. Amen. She's smiling at me, and she's, I appreciate that. I needed that, have, have her smile. She, two weeks ago, um, we went to Malbus to the emergency room, and they uh, told us, shocked us that she had uh, COVID. And so uh, we rearranged, wasn't able to go down to uh, Tampa to see my son there. So I still haven't seen a lacrosse game. I'm looking forward to seeing, I'm looking forward to learning how to spell it. Um, in Selma, I don't think we ever had a lacrosse game when I was growing up. But, um, and my granddaughter made a goal. I hope it was the goal for the right team, but whatever she did, we missed out on our, on our goal. But my son is in the middle of this Middle East situation, and so he's kind of busy. But anyway, so, and I just preached on the fact that um, bad things happen to good people, but God is able to bring good things out of bad, bad things. And <clears throat> when you preach that, and you know, and all of a sudden it happens to you, and I'm still looking for the good things that's going to come out of this bad thing, whatever it is. So I'm holding on to that kind of attitude. But um, I want to look at Philippians, and we're going to deal with uh, disc, discord. Is Have you ever had, if you've ever had any discord, would you raise your hand if you've ever had any discord? Okay. Uh, did you bring your discord with you? How many of you brought your discord with you? Okay. How many of you have ever caused discord? Would you raise? Now, it's good to confess that. Let's go ahead and confess it and kind of get it out of the way. But discord happens, and it happens in this world. It happens in our families. It happens in our workplaces, and it happens in church. And so here's Paul's remedy for discord that happens in, in, in the church. And as he's speaking to the church there at Philippi, there is this discord that's there. And it happens in every church. And if you're, some of you are here because of discord that has happened in the previous place that you were in. Because it's a hard thing to live with discord in the middle of people that are supposed to represent Jesus Christ. And I have seen people in the middle of discord be as mean as they can be to each other, and which is an adverse witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the world's looking at us and seeing if it's really real. And when they see this discord, then they say, yeah, you're just like everybody else. So we have a... Um, we have a mission to show the gospel in a fellowship of believers who are standing together in one mind, in one accord, trying to reach the city of Selma for Jesus Christ. And that is the mission of this church. But yet Satan would come and he would be scattering souls of, souls of discourse, seeds of discourse. And he's very good at that. Not only is he good at that in, in churches, but he's good at that in families and in workplaces. 
And discord is something that will always be here until one of these days we go be with the Lord in heaven. And even Christians have to deal with discord with each other. And one of your greatest witnesses will be how do you deal with discord? And there's a remedy for it. It's not a question of will it happen. It's a question of how will I handle it? And we're very good at mishandling discord. Now, I just want to say a word that um, before we get in Scripture, as you look at uh, Find Your Place, that uh, this week is uh, uh, Saturday, I think it is, is Veterans Day. And I think it's a good thing to recognize veterans and thank God for them. So if you're a veteran, would you stand? If you're a veteran and have served our country in, in the Coast Guard, the Army, the Air Force, the Marines, and if you're a spouse, if you're a spouse of a, of a veteran, would you stand, okay? Because spouses have to deal with that. Military wives have to put up with a lot of things. Now, would you give them a hand? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Also, um, today is um, in our congregation is Ty and Stacy. And Will is with them. So, Will, um, would you, where is Will? Where are you, Ty? Where are you, Stacy? Okay. Will, uh, you don't want to stand up? You don't, there he is. Let's give him a hand. Would you do that? Um, prayer works. Amen. And uh, he had that accident uh, several, about a month, a month and a half ago or so. And it's been a long road, and he's coming back strong. So we thank God for the prayers. And I think Ty wants to say something. Ty, are you in the sanctuary okay? Um, uh, just from the Bennett family, we just, we just want to say thank you so much for the prayers, for the cards, for the gifts. Uh, first of all, we want to say thanks to God for... Uh, you know, bring Will back to us. It was very, uh, like Ecclesiastes says, everybody goes through a season of something. And we went through some, a little bit of adversity there. And so I think Will's going to make a full recovery. And so that's all due to the power of God and your, and your prayers and your love for us. And we appreciate that. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Ty. God bless you guys. Now, in honor of God's word, would you stand as I read for us from... Philippians chapter 2, begin with verse 1 of chapter 2. Paul is writing and he said, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ. And that's a first class conditional sentence. Um, and I was a Greek teacher at Judson and at Southwestern Seminary. The conditional, first class conditional sentence when it assumes is true. So if you want to read that the way it ought to be read, it should, if there be or if therefore any consolation in Christ, and there is. If any comfort of love, and there is. If any fellowship of the Spirit, and there is. Do you see the connection between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? So here's the Trinity. And the result of that is tender mercies and compassion. 
Tender mercies and compassion. Word, mercy is for what we receive that we do not deserve. Or we deserve, but we don't receive it. Compassion is the Greek word, splinknor. It kind of reaches out to somebody in need, not concerned so much about themselves. So the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of God's love and the work of Jesus Christ is to make it so you and I are like the Good Samaritan who saw the man on the side of the road and he reached over and he did something about it. That's what compassion, that's what compassion does. Verse 2, fulfill ye my joy that you may be like-minded. So that's, it's a head thing. Uh, feelings go up and down, but the choices made in your mind stay the course. Having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. And then he talks about some negative and positive things. Let nothing be done through strife or empty glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every person on his own things, but every person also on the things of others. May God bless the reading of his word, and you may be seated. I was in a uh, nursing home speaking one time, and there was a lady there who was, didn't want to be there. She kept telling me, she, I don't want to be here. And she encouraged me that she didn't want to be there. In fact, she had brought her channel selector, and she kept trying to switch me off on her channel. Um, so somebody told her, it doesn't work. You can't do that. But she was bound and determined. So it was about the time of Halloween, so I said, does anybody have a Halloween story? And she stood up holding on to her walker. And so I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I'd like to share a song. And so... I said, go ahead. And she said this, three little witches who lost their britches. And I thought, no, we're going, we're going to shut this down. I don't know where this is going, but we're going to shut this down. I said, thank you, ma'am. And she kept going, and, and somebody took her out of the room, and that was the end. Still singing, three little witches who lost their britches. So I don't know the end of that song. I don't even want to know the end of that song. But there is an uh, end-time bias. That is, where is this going? Where is this going? Some things you need to shut down as quick as you can shut them down. And you got to deal with them. And if you don't, they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they don't just go away. And if you don't deal with it, it kind of feeds itself. And it's look like a little baby. The more you feed a baby, the bigger he gets. Uh, take away the food, and he gets weaker. So when there's discord, if the more you feed that discord, and you and I will feed our discord, it's amazing how we remember things and hold things where we've been hurt or dissatisfied or whatever happened. And we kind of hold them in our heads. And when you get it in your head, you get it in a nutshell. Well, that was, went over real good, didn't it? I mean, you didn't. <laughs> I 
I remember one man talking about, he was, wrote his wife's birthday card and said, you're in my head like dandruff and I can't get you out, amen, and that, you might want to use that line somewhere down the line, I don't know how romantic that is, but there are things that kind of get in our heads. Uh, when I was in seminary and first got there, um, there was a guy that came to me and he said, listen, uh, I need some furniture in my apartment. And there's a postage sticker up there on the post board, and a guy selling it real cheap. So, will you go with me? And I said, sure, I'll go with you. And so, we got to the house and knocked on the door, and the guy came to the door and said, get down. And now I've been to Vietnam, so when somebody tells me get down, I get down. I don't argue with them. And he said, my wife is, and I going through a divorce. She put a lien on the property. And uh, there's somebody over there watching this. And so we crawled around that house on all fours, um, pricing furniture. <laughs> Just picture that, okay, for a minute. <laughs> so he would say, I want so much money for this. And somebody, I'm selling it cheap, $5. You get out of here, you can have it. Get out the back door quickly. And uh, so we didn't buy any of this furniture. But we got in the bedroom, and by this bed, by their bed in the master bedroom of the house, there was this picture of a young couple who were feeding each other birthday or wedding cake on their wedding. And they looked so happy. And I don't know their story. I don't know how it happened. But somehow discord got into that marriage and anger took over and they kept feeding that anger until finally it exploded. And two people who started out so well ended up so badly. And how quickly it disintegrated. How quickly it went from feeding wedding cake to hire and divorce lawyers. That's what discord does. It comes up quickly. And if you keep feeding it, it will continue to grow to what marriage counselors call stonewalling till you hold each other at a distance and you can't even speak to each other. Well, I've seen that happen in churches. I've seen two people who I thought were some of the finest Christians I'd ever met, or several people, and all of a sudden they were no longer speaking to each other. In fact, they were so angry at each other that they no longer could worship with that person. Now, this is kind of happening in Philippi. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to chapter 4. In chapter 4, Paul addresses this situation very early. But he doesn't come out and say exactly what's happening until he gets to chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 2, if you have your Bibles. I beseech Euodia and Syntyche. These are two women in the church. They were strong women in the church. They were leaders in the church. Uh, both of them had worked hard for the ministry there in Philippi. Both of them had been together at one time 
because the church was going through some sometimes some hard problems on the outside. They were having to suffer on being Christians in the middle of that world. We're very blessed in that you and I have never had to suffer for being a Christian unless you're kept from being a group or something like that. When there, there are places in this world when you're a Christian, you have to suffer. And standing up for Christ is a hard thing. And in Roman times, and especially there was this Caesar kind of thing that at Philippi. So Philippi was a Roman colony. And they had these, uh, every year they'd have this kind of declaration to the emperor. And you'd have to come down and burn some incense in the middle of the town. And you'd have to stand up and say, Caesar is Lord. And then you would just accept it in the community. But the Christians wouldn't say that. Because our basic declaration is this. Jesus is Lord. And in the middle of the group, the whole town gathering, they would not say Caesar's Lord. They would say Jesus is Lord. And they had to suffer. And sometimes in Rome, they were thrown into the, the center of reliance and those kind of things. And the suffering's on the outside. But the deepest suffering is not what's on the outside. Victor Hugo is a French philosopher, and he said this, that there was a ship out at sea, and the storm came up, and the storm beat that ship this way in the waves. But in the middle of that, this cannon got loose, and when the cannon got loose, it banged against the side of the ship. And he said the greatest danger of that ship is not the storm outside. It's a loose cannon on the inside. And I've seen Christians be that loose cannon that I thought was some of the most spiritual people I've ever met. So Paul begins to talk to him, and he says this, and uh, look back at chapter 2, verse 1. These are the resources that you and I have, because he's talking to Christians. First of all, you have the encouragement of Jesus Christ. The word is parakaleo. That is, Christ comes along beside us in the middle of our situation. So we have the encouragement of Christ. We have the love of God, which is there to comfort us. Like a warm blanket in a tough place, it gives you that kind of warmth that's there. It's God's love that can win. Nothing can separate us from God's love. And he talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there. And the Holy Spirit is, gives us wisdom and strength as we face life in its situation. We have that kind of strength. And when we pray, God gives the Holy Spirit to whatever situation that we're in. And as a result of their work on our life, what you and I have is a resource of compassion. Not only compassion, but we have mercy that we extend to other people. All of these things are our resources, but in the middle of a church fight, in the middle of a couple arguing with each other, in the middle of a work situation when you feel we kind of trash these kind of resources that God has for us, and we're not acting like God-like, we're not acting Christ-like, we're not acting like the Holy Spirit. The Paul says these you do that and you will fulfill my joy 
Because he is the one that started this church. He, he poured his life into this church. And he says, fulfill my joy. And it's like, let my joy overflow. I mean, one of the greatest things that I have and Susan and I have is when our family gets together, all of our kids, all of our boys. We got um, one eight, eight hours away in Tampa. We got one in Jackson and we got one in Birmingham, one group of kids. And, and last, um, um, right before Christmas, when Susan had her heart attack, right before Thanksgiving, Susan had, we got together for Thanksgiving. And we were talking about uh, this year it's my turn to have the heart attack. <laughs> she, she had the heart attack last year, so we're kind of swapping this back and forth. <laughs> But they were all there around our dining room table. And they were getting along. Uh, even though they got one group is Alabama fans, the other group are Auburn fans. And uh, those that are in the wheel are Auburn fans. The others, they're on their own. They're out there. <laughs> <Have to be. laughs> no, we love them. <laughs> We just have to watch the game in different rooms. I mean, we start throwing potato chips at each other. But anyway, um, that's a picture. I saw them all together. We saw them all together. And that's a joy. It's a joy of our Heavenly Father when he watches his people and watches a church that are together in the middle of the mission that God has given us to reach his world for Christ and has a togetherness. That's a togetherness. And that fulfills not only Paul's joy, but it fulfills our Heavenly Father's joy. Now, how do you do that? Verse 3, he tells us how do you do this. He said, let nothing be done through self-centeredness. Um, that is, in the middle of every fight, there's pride and self-centeredness. I want my way, and I, I want it done my way, and this is how I want it done. Don't let anything be done through anything, anything, whatever it is. Whether it's a church business meeting or whatever it is. Not self-centeredness that seems ought to rule that thing. But think about somebody else. Think about what this means to them. Let somebody else be on your heart. And think about the other person. Um, there was a couple that were having tense fellowship. I hope I can say I wrote this down so I could remember it. They was having tense fellowship. Do you know what I mean by tense fellowship? How many of you are married? Would you raise your Have you ever had tense fellowship? <laughs> and if you don't say amen, you're lying. You know, that's the worst one. So she said, I will say you're right if you say I was wrong. And she said, you go first. And he said, I was wrong. And she said, you're right. <laughs> that is not what Paul is talking about here. Think about the other person. And then the next verse calls out humbleness. Humbleness 
Being humble is, uh, the Greek word thought about that is being a weakness. But God thinks it's a strength. And he writes that as a great uh, characteristic of Jesus Christ, that he was humble. Uh, discord was there in the Garden of Eden when um, Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. And discord has been in this world ever since. Discord was there with the children of Israel with the 12 spies. And two of them said, we can go in there and take the land, but they gave in to discord and it ran through the camp like something else. And they decided not to go into the promised land. And a whole generation died off because of discord. David and Michael, David and Michael were a something else. I mean, he was the young man rising up and being the next king of Israel. And Saul gave him Michael as his wife. And they were like, in the first just married. And they were like, he's a star quarterback. She's a star cheerleader. And uh, so they were just had this marriage together, and their father broke them up, gave her to another guy. And David said, I will be king, I will be king if Michael is brought back to me to be my wife, because they had this special love together. But when David was bringing the ark into Jerusalem, which was David's city, he was so excited about bringing the ark into Jerusalem that he danced before the Lord. Now, that's not a Southern Baptist term. We don't use that term. We, we get rid of that. What, what you, when he danced, you call that devotion in motion. Amen. Baptists don't know anything about devotion in motion. But he was dancing and dancing, and when he did, his uh, underwear showed in, um, while he was dancing. And Michael looked out the window and just got angry. And for David, that was this great moment for him. But when he came home, he came home to a cold wife in a cold situation. And she said, sarcasm just ran there. And you can look all this in, in 1 Samuel when he talked about sarcasm. Oh, how glorious the king showed himself today. You had sarcasm? I mean, we can just level that sarcasm. And then he said this, but God chose me and didn't choose your father. Bringing family into it, that'll really hit them. And somehow we know the right things to say to make the other person angry. And so she went to his, her end of the house and he went to his end of the house. And a great relationship was destroyed because of discontent, because it has that power. Now, the early church had to deal with discontent because the widows were not being fed. One group of widows were not being fed. And so they, they said, we got a problem. Let's don't deal with it. We keep letting it grow and letting it grow. It, 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 it would be, it would split this church. And it was a brand new church. And so they said, let's select people, deacons, to run this. 
because we're not very good at distributing the food to the widows. You say, that's not a big promise, not a but you know, most of the things that will split a church will not be doctrine, but will be some small thing that just grows and grows and grows and grows. But they dealt with it. They called the church together and said, this is a good idea. And they said, this is a good idea. We think it comes from the Lord. And so they elected seven men to take up. Stephen was one of those who becomes one of the first Christian martyrs. Wherever there's church, sooner or later, there's going to be a problem and just do it. We got a sower of discord who does that and he's going to keep on doing it until the Lord comes again. So wherever there's a problem, there is a God-filled solution. Wherever there's a problem, there's a God-filled solution. But where there's a God-filled solution, it's got to be God's people who choose to follow that solution. And if you follow his humbleness, you find that he brings together things that only he brings together in our work, in our marriage, whatever our situation is. He is able to disrupt discord but it's got to be a choice that you and I make to follow that route. John Gray is a um, writer. He writes, uh, Men are from Mars and Women are from Venus. And his book says that we're on, we're on different planets from each other. We think differently. We communicate differently. And, you know, sometimes we wonder, is this going to get along? But John Gray in his own personal life is was in his second marriage, and his first wife had all these uh, problems with delivery of their child, and she was all broken up on the inside. And so she was home, and she ran out of painkiller, and she didn't hear from him for a while. Didn't, and so when he finally got home, she just boom. And do you know what I mean by boom? <laughs> boom. There it is. I mean, she exploded and let him have it. And so he turned around and walked out. I don't have to take this. And he turns around and walked out. And she says, I need you. Don't walk away from me. He's done that before. Don't walk away. I need you. And so John Gray turned around, went to his wife, and said, what can I do for you? And she said, would you just hold me? Would you just hold me? And what would have been something falling apart came together as something about God's love was in that moment because he chose to turn around and walk back towards place that he was angry about now would you bow your heads with me this morning and would you just kind of in your own place pray this prayer just you and the Lord forgive me for selfishness 
and give me eyes to see your work of a servant where I am. Forgive me for selfishness and help me to be your servant. Help me to see my world through servant's eyes because Jesus Christ is the greatest example of that. And we follow our master. Father, thank you for blessing us and thank you for watching over us. Help this church to be a church that deals with discord because it's coming. Help us in our homes to be places where we deal with discord and Christ-likeness as well as in our workplaces. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, if you have your uh, hymnal, would you turn to our invitation? Here's an opportunity for you to stand for Christ. And 532, it says, we take, we're impressing on the upper way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. So uh, that's that kind of prayer today. If you've never uh, uh, accepted Christ as your Savior, then the invitation is open to you. If you have accepted Christ, to move and join this church and be a part of this church reaching out this city for Jesus Christ and standing tall for him in the middle of your situation. So whatever your situation, would you stand?